Welcome to another content creator series chat. Joining me today, the warship. I feel like I should be running in with a championship belt or something like that, mate. Welcome. Mate, speaking of, the chat gave me one of those. I Get out. Grab that Look at yeah, that. They sent me one. They sent me one. What? So. <laughs> Your chat sent you that. They did. They did. They sent me that. So. God, how, how good are gaming communities, eh? Oh, unbelievable. Honestly, coming from wrestling to here, it's been such a different thing. Like, well. Completely different. Uh, Warship, welcome. Um, welcome to Game on Australia. Thanks for your time today. And. Um, let's let's talk about that. I mean, there is so much to talk about. In fact, just off stream um, a moment ago before we fired everything up and hit record, you mentioned uh, you, you're a little bit smoked out and I can relate because I live in Perth also. I found this out. We're both Perth blokes and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, mate, I think it's slowly sort of dissipating and disappearing because we had burn-offs and stuff, but, you know, we're, we're going to have um, rain and storms bedding in later on tonight uh, instead, so you can't bloody win. Oh, it's good for me because I'm a, um, a, you know, because now I'm in the gaming world, I'm pretty much a hermit. I don't check the um, the news anyway, so I had no idea what was happening. I just I went outside and I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's smoke everywhere. Am I dying? And, and I had no idea what was happening. And it wasn't until my chat, I actually asked my chat, and then someone from the UK said, oh, yeah, Perth's having burn-offs today. I'm like, okay, cool. Some, I had no idea. Someone from the UK <laughs> said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it took yeah. having to go to another country to find out what was happening in your own backyard. I, I did. Yeah. I get that. I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Um, mate, how are you? Yeah, real good. Real, real good. Super, super pumped. I mean, um been a hell of a, a 10 months like super super happy with everything and how it's been um it's incredible huh but the whole space everything about twitch and content creation and everything is is, is mind-blowingly different to what mm. i did with wrestling i Just can imagine completely different and uh i want to i want to start with wrestling because obviously that'll lead us towards that mm-hmm. transition to you becoming a twitch streamer and going after this crazy thing that we find ourselves in this this uh this world but um Man, I as a as a mad mad wrestling fan, like huge wrestling fan. Um, up until recently, though, because I'm a I'm a child of the Attitude Era, um, yeah. when you know there was still the the little prongs sitting off the WWE logo, and it was WWF. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know, corporate rock to people's rock, um, all of that sort of stuff. Stone Cold, the great battles with DX and. Yeah, yep. uh, that's that's my era. But man, how long were you a wrestler for? When did you start? Uh, I started in around about 2007. I'd been training um, prior to that in different places here and there, but I really found like a start with training in 2007, leading into 2008. Um, but it was all I ever wanted to do. It was all I ever wanted to be was a wrestler. Like I, I grew up watching it, uh, attitude era uh, for myself as well. So it was always 
so cool to see. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. And I just found it. I actually flew when I was 17. I flew from Melbourne all the way over here to Perth and did a one week um, wrestling camp just to see if I liked it. But I was 17. I didn't live here. And then I went and I wrestled and I trained in Melbourne for a while. But then eventually, later on in life, when we moved over to Perth, I started to wrestle for the same company that I first went to like, all those years, years what, ago. What was the company? That's EPW Perth. Oh, do you know a bloke called Luke Bolland? I do know Lukey. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Lukey. Because <laughs> he did a bit of wrestling, didn't he, for EPW? So he was like, um, he is kind of like an announcer slash commentator yeah. slash personality, kind of like a heel manager kind of guy. Um, I think he had had a couple of like, you know, the, the manager matches, you know, those kind of matches where like a manager gets beat up for five yeah. minutes by he by was the good guy. He's like the Paul. <laughs> he was the Paul Bearer of the EPW. Yeah, yeah, um, very easy to hate. <laughs> yeah, well, just uh, just to sort of give, give people an understanding, uh, I'm a radio bloke, and when I first started my career 17 years ago. Um, he'd just gotten the breakfast show on the radio station that I was on, which was 92.9. So that's how I know Lukey, and I've been sort of, you know, on and off following his career. He's a a comedian and stuff now as well. But, um, yeah, Mm. EPW. So, like, how how long were you a part of EPW for? Um, So when we moved over here uh, about 12 years ago, 11 years ago, I... um, I kind of just wrestled around. I started training at EPW pretty much straight away. And then about maybe maybe four years after I got here, I decided to really get on the shows with them. So yeah, I've been I probably had a good I probably had a good six years, seven year run with EPW. So that's considered to be the top of Australian wrestling. Is that right? So, even though it's a yeah, even though yeah. it's a Perth based organization. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good quality. Like the, the the quality of the shows is immeasurable. Um, I have to send you a link to it later, just so you can see. Like the the shows are just top to top to bottom. The quality of them, from the from the from the photography to the film to the entrance music to the smoke and fireworks, and the crowd is always big. And you know, it, it's everything. It's wrestling like America, except here. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. The, what you want. So how far off from... Because obviously the majority of people who'd be watching this or listening to this as a podcast, you know, mm-hmm. their go-to would be things like WCW, WWE yeah. or WWF at the time, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So how far off is ECW versus your, your standard sort of WWE Nice. Well, it's funny because um, like, even though it was like, a bit of a, a faux pas, they almost caught it correctly because I would say the EPW is kind of at, from a crowd point of view and the rowdiness and entertainment point of view, fairly similar to ECW, um, the American hardcore brand mm. um, from, from the old days with all the you know, RVD and Sabu and all those guys. Uh, it's kind of more like that. It's, I would say that it's like watching the WWF or the E, except instead of there being 10,000 people in the audience, there's between sort of four and 1,000 people yeah. in the audience. Yeah, so, okay. Right. They, they, so they've the 400 to 1,000 is kind of an average number for shows. There's no real difference between the quality. You know, everyone's got a physique or they've got a character. Um, it doesn't look like a backyard thing, you know, so that's that's kind of the important thing. We just didn't, never had the the, um, the audience for it as far as the 
national exposure. Mm. Otherwise, it would be the same thing here. So, well, it's yeah. going to be a bit different when you're talking 400 million people in North America versus you know 20 odd million here across the country in Australia. It's mm. something that um, I mean, esports is another field that I work in, and that that's the mm-hmm. that's the ever the the ever green comparison that you know yeah. people are trying to make businesses here in Australia work when it comes to entertainment but it's it's you know, a long way off from America just by sheer volume of audience but yeah. you know you still you know uh, go after it and all that sort of stuff and um yeah. I uh I as I've mentioned if people are just tuning into this you know this is this is going to turn into a chat about how you went from wrestling to what it is that you're doing now and how you're actually amalgamating the two because that's the interesting stuff but there's yeah. One thing I've never been able to actually ask a wrestler because you're the first wrestler I've ever <laughs> properly spoken to. Um, yeah. But you know it, I know it. The whole wrestling is fake thing. But the, the argument I always say to people is that, well, yeah, like they probably know who's going to win, but come on, you can't fake jumping from the top of the turnbuckle sailing through the air and landing an elbow drop on somebody's chest. Like, you can't fake that. This is the thing. With wrestling, it's just short, all right? We know the secret... Everyone knows the secret about wrestling is is that uh, the question I get asked 100% every single time I talk to anybody about wrestling is, is wrestling real? And what I kind of do is I say, well, first of all, I had a match uh, a few years ago where I took a move on the apron of the ring, which is the outside part, that is quite hard and painful. Um, and it took this finger on my index finger here Ooh. and it broke it here and like that way. So I didn't break it like in half. It broke it like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, so, and like that, so that now my finger only closes 60% now I look at that and I'm like, okay, there's that. And then I go, and also here, there's a scar here. I broke that wrestling as well. Um, hitting someone with a spear through a table and then the table caught me and then it broke that too. Um, in both of these examples, they happened sort of in the start of the match. I still wrestled the, the full duration of the match. This finger one happened six minutes into a 22-minute match. So, Ooh, yeah, wow. yeah. so it's like it's not like, oh, yeah, he's wrestling fake. Look, it is the most physically demanding thing I've ever done. Six feet off the, off the turnbuckle to the ground is still six feet. I'm six foot two, right? So when I'm standing on the top turnbuckle, it's round about 10, maybe 11 feet in the air that I'm in before I jump yeah. from my head. Yeah. You know, so like that's still 11 to 12 feet in the air that I'm falling, you know, so there's no way to fake that. Um, it's not a trampoline like people think it is. It, it's, it's actually pretty hard. Um, and then obviously the best one is my neck because my neck exploded. You know, it, it, my neck is... <laughs> I'm sorry, cat- what? Well, that's the reason why I'm here and not wrestling still is, is that I was um, walking to the shops to get a trolley and as I reached my hand out... My arm stopped working, and um, and then my other arm stopped working, and then I went to the doctor, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up? How come I can't move?" And he's like, "Oh, your neck is super broken. It has been for a while. Wow. Um, years and years of wrestling have destroyed it, and um, yeah, that's it." Okay. And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> hold on to this because this is this. I don't want to get too deep into this because I'm almost yeah, yeah. done with I'm almost done with the questions I've got for you <laughs> about the wrestling stuff. Almost. Yeah. And then we'll we'll move to there because um, obviously there's your catalyst, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Were you called yeah, yeah. the Warship when you were a wrestler? Is that so? You you've yeah. kept the same name across as your as your, your gaming name and your streaming name and stuff. Where'd the Warship yeah. come from? Um, it was something that we had we had played with when I was coming up in the training section there. So originally I had um, – it was a nickname that I sort of had 
during the younger years as well, um, just amongst friends. Um, I don't even remember where it came from. I think it might have come from an, a video game, funnily enough. But uh, we were we were talking through names at school, at the training school where I was at. And originally, they were stupid. Originally, they were so dumb. Like, one of them was like, um, there was like the puppet master, because I've got a master of puppets tattoo on my arm. Mm. Um, and it was like the, the, the puppet master. And then, like, the name was like Jason Graves. So it was like Jason Graves. And it was the stupidest thing ever. And then the kind of transition to Jason or Jason War. And it became the Warship. And then I even had my name spelt with W A U G H for a while. And it was. It was bad, um, but you do that when you first kind of figure out what you do. It's bad, as in, like, as in the wars, as in the cricketers, like yeah, Mark yeah, Warren, Steve yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, in fact, yeah. there was a while there where um, we were going to do the the bowling into a clothesline and and stuff like that as well, because there was a guy in um in in Sydney who used to be called the captain, and he would wear um like the whites, the greens, and he'd like th- throw the guy into the corner and step back. He'd grab an imaginary ball out of the air, he'd like rub it on the front. And then as they stumbled out, he'd like, and then just hit a clothesline off him like that. And it's oh, like, wow. and then he'd be like, how's that? And the crowd would go like, yeah. Like, I like it. I got to admit, I like it. Because um, it's it's showmanship, right? Which would, yeah. you know, naturally, and again, we'll, we'll sort of touch on this when we get into it a little bit more, but I'm looking forward to discovering um, the... Uh, the, the the similarities between being a showman as a wrestler and a, and a showman as a Twitch star. So that's that's yeah. cool. Um, did you meet any famous wrestlers throughout your yeah. career? Who who'd you come across? Um, well, not only have I like we've had situations where I've um, one of the people who we ran a company in Ballarat for a while called BPW in Victoria. And there we had a whole bunch of wrestlers come through with people who ended up being good friends, uh, people who wrestle for the Fed now, people who wrestle for the, the WWE now. So I guess I've come up with a few people from Australia who have now made it successfully over there. Um, people like Bronson Reed, people like uh, Buddy Murphy, the Iconics, they all came through the Australian sort of section. Rhea Ripley, who's the current women's champion on Raw, she's, um, you know, we, we, we hung out a whole bunch. She's in Adelaide. I did shows in Adelaide as well. So there's a whole bunch of actual people who have come from Australia and have now made it over there. That's um, cool. Which is really, really cool because it proves that we can do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it proves yep. that as Australians, we can succeed. And um, but that was always the plan too. Like I was always the goal was, you know, get the physique right, go to Japan or go to the UK and then go to the fed and and like so many people like travis banks is another one as well like so many of those people from either australia or new zealand have now gone on to make it yeah um and it's, it's really really cool uh for me meeting proper like people from over there like people like john cena uh truth a bunch of like those sort of yeah yeah i couldn't see him obviously he was missing <laughs> the whole time but someone told me he was there great <laughs> But yeah, we've we've had our fair share. Plus, I've been on shows with guys as well, like guys like Billy Kidman and like Masato Tanaka, um, and like, like who have come over to wrestle over here. And then I've just happened to be on the same show. Yeah. Like guys like Raven as well. There's another one who was here. Um, yeah, it, it's wrestling has always avoided afforded me like a really interesting experience more than mm. anything else. You know, mm. I'll bet. Like meeting meeting heroes and and. and even just doing the thing, you know, just going out there in front of the crowd and doing it. Like, I never thought I'd do it. And being able to stand in the ring and I'd be like, yeah, I did that. And it was really, really cool. Um, were you a, yeah. were you a, um, like a, like the, the, 
Were you a good guy or were you a heel? So for the uh, majority of my, my career, I was a bad guy. Right, um, okay. The majority of the career, I was a heel. It must be um, fun to play the bad guy though, right? Like you get a little oh, yeah, bit more freedom playing the bad guy. I just recently spoke with... Um, uh, Josh Lawson, who plays Kano in the new Mortal Kombat movie. And that yeah. was one of the questions. It was like, it must be liberating playing the bad guy for a change. He's like, yeah, it's cool. It must be fun. Um, it, it's really good. And it's not even the big interactions, the overarching interactions. It's the little interactions where, like, you'll walk up to someone, like a kid or something, and and the dad will be, be like booing at you. And it'll be under your breath, like, you know, comments under your breath at the at the dad or at the kid and, like, hey, kid's ugly and then like he boos <laughs> but then when he boos so does the two people behind him and then the three people behind him don't even know why they're booing yeah and they're booing as well yeah. and all of a sudden the whole crowd is booing That's and then you great. do it to the next person you know like so like and it's all for fun like you know you don't even say it to the kid you say it to, just to the adult um and then after the show even as a bad guy after the show you get people coming up and asking for autographs and you know wanting to get that kind of personal like photo experience and everything and you know, depending on how deep I was in the character at the time, it would either be like, a, yeah, of course, or no, the kid's ugly, and walk off, you know, like, <laughs> like depending on how deep the character shows we were at, because I was a bad guy, but I was kind of like a bad guy that people liked to, to boo. Yeah, know, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when we eventually became good guys, it was totally different. The crowd exploded because they wanted to cheer, you know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I still, um, like I said at the top of this, you know, remember that classic moment where The Rock, who was, you know, the, the people's champ for a while and he turned heel and joined the corporation yeah. and they were all standing in the ring and he was holding the chair. And yeah. I was sitting in my mate's living room at the time and he turned and he smacked, I, I think it was Shane McMahon. <laughs> he smacked him with the chair and we erupted. And it was all yeah. we were talking about for the next month, mate. And it's still stuck yeah. in my head. Seeing one of your favourites who you love to boo, seeing them become a champion and a person of the people is yeah. far and above the most elating feeling as a fan watching. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's the kind of feeling we love to give. And we like to give it the opposite way as well. Like It's just as incredible to do from our side to do the other way around mm. like we had a, a whole thing when i first came to epw there's a guy there by the name of davis storm he's like the godfather he's the man like he's the guy who pretty much created the wrestling here the scene he's really 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 good as well um and he's he's like permanently the hero of the story and i would show up with an anonymous mask and i'd jump the guardrail spear someone roll out and leave and i was doing that for months and months and um he's like you know i don't know who this guy is coming out here you gotta come out here we gotta fight um, and then I came out, and if, for the next couple of months, every time I would interfere in his matches, somehow something would happen, and I'd end up spearing his opponent. So, like, he'd leapfrog over me, and I'd spear his opponent, roll out. Or, like, we, I'd hit his mate, and he'd be too late to save him, and then I'd stare him down, then I'd leave. And um, eventually... One of the other guys on the roster was like asking a question. He's like, who's this guy? There must be someone letting Warship in. Why is he always coming in and doing stuff? It's you, isn't it, Davis Storm? It's you. You're the bad guy. And he's like, no, man, no, it's not me. I love EPW. Of course not. And then it, it all led to this big powder keg where it was like at one show, um, three of three guys uh, came out to, to kind of grill Dave about it. And they get in the ring and they're like, we know it's you. It's got to be you. It's no one else. How come you keep winning matches? And he's, you know, it's just, oh, magical that Shippy just manages to hit the people instead of you. And he's like, it's not me. It's not me. And then my music hit. And from the other side of the ring, 
me and another guy slid behind um, Davis Storm, and he turned around. He's like, oh, no, no, no. And then everyone's getting ready to fight us, and then Davis stops. He turns around and faces the other guys, and he just smile on his face. And it's that calm realisation that everyone's like, oh, they were right. They, they, they were actually right, but they, you know, they, they stopped believing they were right. They, and then, then that yeah. moment, we just beat, this, we just beat oh, them all. God. Like, you know, like, yeah, That's yeah. That's so good. Love it. That's that moment. Yeah, you love that. You live yeah. for that. So, um, Just quickly, uh, hardest match you've ever you've ever wrestled in? Would it be like a, have you ever done hardcore matches? Did you do ladder oh, matches? Yeah. Did you do, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what, where, what, what are you doing? What are you falling on? What are you being hit by? Like all that stuff. We had a, um, a match called a Riot Den match uh, at EPW, and that one is essentially a cage match, except instead of a cage, we have a cage, but the Riot Den was different. So what the Riot Den was, it was, you know, the cages that you get put up with the block, the concrete blocks around construction sites. Yeah, yeah, The ones yeah. that they stick in the rings. They're yeah. that around the ring. So it's like there's a space between the ring and the cage, and it's like they're not very high, but you can't get out of them. And in that, you just put all the weapons in there. So it's like thumbtacks and barbed wire and all that kind of stuff and it was like thumbtacks and barbed wire thumbtacks suck i'll give you the tip thumbtacks overall they don't hurt if you land in thumbtacks ten thousand thumbtacks it hurts a little bit but the pain goes instantly what hurts is when you you break fall in the thumbtacks and you get thumbtacks in like here Uh. or like in like the tip of your thumb like on here or you know, like like in the in the ditch of the elbow, you know those, those kind of places. That's yeah. where thumbtacks stuck. Oh god! Um, and they're pulling them out the next day. That's the sorry later <laughs> in the night. That's the worst. Um, but yeah, that was a full on match, and I I think one of the finishes for that match was the night that I I took like a double team move through a table that had thumbtacks face first on it. So as I went through face first, it was thumbtacks everywhere. And, and then I ended up with face, like all over my face and on my arm and all that kind of stuff. That was bad. But the single worst thing, I think, was the chicken skewers. So a big pack of chicken skewers, you know, like the wood ones? Yeah. I take the pack off. And what they do, they essentially, they, they grab them, they put them on your head like this. And then they go oh. like that. And then well, they let go. And when they let go, you stand there and all of a sudden it kind of like, folds out like hanging out of your head you start to bleed everywhere and there's like it's a visual effect more than anything else but it is uh it's scary when it first happens because you're like is it going to kill me am i going to die um That's but it just nuts. goes to the surface level yeah yeah just to um, even just to know that they're hanging there yeah like, yeah and that's oh. the effect too i i had that happen in a match in queensland and i'm like showing the crowd and the guy grabs me, and as he turns me, I screamed unicorn headbutt, completely off the fly. And I just headbutt him, like, flat out in the shoulder, in the head, with these on, and they exploded everywhere. I obviously missed going straight into him with them, like, so that they would fly everywhere. But there was just this visual of me headbutting the guy. There's wood everywhere. We're both collapsing, blood everywhere. Like, That's yeah, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have your chance to go uh, to the US to try out for... Uh, WWE. Funny thing is, is lots of the tryouts actually happen here. Every time they do like a big event here, like, you know, like an Australia Undertaker tour or anything like that, they always bring the talent scouts here um, and then they always do them here. And the only time you ever go to America is if you've already had a tryout here and they want you to go for another one. Um, I didn't go for a tryout at that particular time. And when I was going to go for the next one was pretty much when I got hurt. So we had been gearing up physically 
for a while to be in a position where I was really, really healthy and really, really good to go. And we were like, I would have been at like peak, like peak physical performance, like about a week before I got hurt. Mm. Um, I had had a few injuries here and there. Like when my hand broke, I, w- I was supposed to try. I couldn't do it. And then my other hand, part of my hand broke. I was trying as, as well, and I couldn't do it then either. And there were just a lot of variables along the way. And we had finally hit the point where I was like, it's my time to do it. I'm in great shape. I've got a great character. I can wrestle so well at the moment. Like everything's everything's going really well. And then probably like a week or two weeks later, it kind of all stopped. <laughs> so, yeah, it sucked, but... So that's this, this, I guess, leads us into the transition across to what it is that you're doing now, which is Twitch. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, before um, it sort of came down to the fact that you're at the doctors and, you you know, you, you virtually couldn't move or feel your hand. Let's yeah. go back to that moment. So what happened? Well, so I was with my partner and we were, um, we were, I had wrestled on the Saturday that night. It was a tag team match. It was pretty much a nothing match. It ended up being a, um, a handicap match because one of the guys left his partner because it was, they, we were good guys. And, you know, he kind of just watched us. We did our double team finisher and we watched him as we pinned and all that kind of stuff. Pretty, like, you know, pretty just normal stuff. And then um, on the, the Monday, no, sorry, it was the Tuesday. On the Tuesday afterwards, uh, we were just we just went down to the uh, the Belmont Forum, and I went to grab a trolley. And all of a sudden, <clears> as I reached my arm out, my arm just stopped working. Like I reached out to grab a trolley, and it just fell down. And then it was really painful. And then I went to grab the other one, and it just fell down. And it was a good like thirty seconds, and then it was just blistering pain. And I'm like, wow. okay, cool, this is bad. Um, and I went to the doctor, and he's like, okay, so you've essentially deteriorated your C four to C seven. That is the entire section that your neck kind of sits on for your body. Like, they cut my throat for the surgery um, and they went through my throat to actually oh perform the surgery. God. But yeah, it was the section that, um, like, that allows for neck movement, like, you know, not Batman style, but like actual proper neck movement. Um, and they're like, look, honestly, looking at this, you might be able to wrestle again, but you need to have the surgery. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's horrifying. When can I do it? And like, well, because you're not on the, the private system, you can go private, but it'll cost you like 50 grand. Um, but if you wait for it, which we had to do at the time, it, it's a bit of a wait. And it ended up being from April to November that I waited. So the whole time I was just on the couch, just pumped up to drugs to the max to, to try to not be in agony. Um, and yeah, just nothing at all from April to November. I had surgery in November where they, like I said, they, they literally cut my throat and um, they, they pushed my esophagus and my, and my voice box and everything to one side. And then they, they, they pretty much just Mortal Kombat, like my spine through the front of my body and, and, and replaced it with, with metal stuff and, and plates and everything. There's essentially a protein ball, like a protein shaker ball in my spine, where my spine used to be that is now <laughs> grown over. And yeah, because no, they, they had to do that. They had to remove the disc completely um, and they had to fuse another couple of discs. Um and yeah, so then they cut my throat and I had the surgery and then I pretty much could do nothing for another year. And um, yeah, in July of last year was when I decided to do something because I'd been on my back for such a long time. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't do anything. Like, I go to the shops. I can maybe go for an hour, two hours through the shopping, like the food shopping, but by the end of the two hours, I'm cactus. And I need to come home. As someone who led into that period in peak physical condition, that must yeah. have been so incredibly frustrating physically and especially mentally and emotionally draining. Well, it was six days a week, two hours at least a day in the gym. Like it was, it was, we were pretty full on when I got hurt. And 
to go from that to absolutely nothing my body didn't react well to it at all i got super depressed you know if it wasn't for my partner i don't know how i would have got through it mm. uh, it was like i'd lost everything too like wrestling was it it was the sole focus of my life i had always wanted to be one i'd grown up i'd, I'd given up relationships i'd i'd skipped out on funerals weddings the whole thing everything mm. for wrestling like like anytime someone had like a birthday oh man i can't go i've got a show on like it had been everything i'd done forever and then um yeah all of a sudden it was gone and there's nothing i could do about it at all and um it was yeah it was just a, it was just a good year and a half of doing nothing at all so and um a good year and a half of doing nothing at all and then um how do you go from that to you know what i'm just going to start streaming games i'm going to be a streamer how how does that appear it's kind of almost how it went and the thing was is, is that when i um when i was injured one of the things that i did was is i started to play destiny again and i'd been playing a lot of uh, mass effect earlier in my life i think number 2 is the best game of all time um and one of my friends had introduced me to destiny uh, while I'd had my hand injury, actually, and he was like, look, you got to give it a go. I know it's not the same, but you should enjoy it as much. And then I put 4,000 hours into the game, and I, um, I, 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 I had lots of good friends who played, and and then we were just talking. I'm like, I think I could talk like this um, to other people because I think that I'm entertaining. And we'd always be playing and joking and laughing, and everyone would have a good time. And I'm like, I think I could do that. Like, I can't do much. The thing is, is that I go to the shops and after a couple of hours, I need to lay down. Mm. Um, a nine to five job is not like, it's not something that I think I'll be able to do at least in, in the short term, maybe the long term, maybe forever. Um, so I'm like, I need to find a way to do something with my time because my, my professional energy is gone. There's nothing about me that says, hey, you need to get up and put a suit on or, you know, you need to go put some different shoes on or you need to change underpants. Like, that, that didn't exist, you know, while I was, while I was hurt. Um, and I needed something to fulfill that professional kind of feeling. And I'm like, well, how about we do this? So I spoke to my partner. Um, I got a small loan from my dad at the time because not being able to work for such a long time meant that our finances were pretty much mm -hmm. gone by that point. Um, so I got a couple of thousand dollars off of him and I got a very basic PC put together. And then over the course of like getting reinstalled and started for streaming, we eventually be able to upgrade everything to where it is now. And we've got a lot of good stuff, but essentially I just said, you know, we'll just try. We'll just, what, what I'll do is I'll get on there. I'll tell my story. Cause I think I've got a really good story to tell. We'll see if we make any connections with people. We'll see who um, enjoys what we do. And maybe it'll give me a feeling like going to work again. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe sitting down and turning on the computer will give me that kind of, that nine to five feeling a little bit. Even if it's just that and no one ever comes in, well, at least I'll be doing that and it'll give me that feeling like I'm I'm talking to someone and I'm having that communication because otherwise my partner's at work all day and it's just me sitting in my house doing nothing mm. until... And I imagine that is a void in your life that needed to be filled, particularly, I mean, you know, for most people, that's a void that needs to be filled. You can't just sit around mm -hmm. doing nothing all day. But particularly as someone uh, like yourself that had so much energy and get up and go and to to know what it is to have to be on all day when you're a showman, I get it. It is hard to replace that. So you have to do something. So like the, the only thing is, instead of you running into a ring and being surrounded by yelling and screaming, crowd you're essentially replacing yeah. that with virtual silence crowd wise yeah. i mean that's all coming through chat so mm -hmm. how did you adapt to letting the crowd go and instead 
allowing that to come in through essentially what's a silent medium? That's probably the hardest question I think I've ever had as far because what it does is it really hits to really hits to the bone of it because that's something that is irreplaceable. Like the crowd reaction and and audience was everything you know like, like it wasn't about all the merchandise it wasn't about like the photos or the signatures or anything like that it's that sound that slow hum that slow you know anticipation sound that you're oh, waiting man, I, for i get it like, like I, I i totally understand that because i like i yeah. am the um mc for the Fremantle dockers football club and yeah. on a on a game day when you're at Optus Stadium and there's between 40 and 60,000 people and you open the mics and you yeah. yell something and they respond, that feeling just washes. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. It washes yeah, over yeah. you and you can't, like, you can't replace that. That's an irreplaceable no. feeling. And to find something that, that does replace that is bloody hmm. hard. And it is, and the thing with streaming is obviously because it is a closed medium. You know, it's a one-way kind of circuit. As far as I can't see what people are doing, I can't hear what people are doing. I can't even gauge their reactions. Like that's a thing that I don't think most people understand about my version of streaming, how I do it, as opposed to other people. Is is that with wrestling, if I do something, the crowd reacts. Mm. Whereas here, if I do something, there's a five-second delay, and then maybe another five seconds later, someone will have typed something, and then I see the reaction there. But I don't actually feel that reaction until yeah. until that time um so i guess when i first started all i did was really just i just spoke and i spoke from the heart and you can looking back at some of my old um like vods like i've got a few on youtube and looking back at those i was super sad i was super <laughs> depressed like I, I was i was in a horrible place like yeah. you, know, you can see it and i'm not even talking properly i'm like really down like this and like the energy wasn't there and all that it was just not there it was just me telling my story and something must have resonated so hard with the people that they decided to to stay and bring more and then all of a sudden we had gone from in the first week maybe average five people there to all of a sudden there are 30 people every stream and then all of a sudden there are 50 and now at the point where there's like 70 and it's just it's just the more that people show up and the more people that hear the story and just the way that they respond to it and and, and this is my energy and the dumb stuff we do on streams and all that kind of stuff like i guess there's no real way to replace the crowd sound mm -hmm. but there's a certain feeling when I get a text message from a friend who watches the streams or a discord message from someone who I've never spoken to before. And they're like, Hey, I didn't know if I'd make it through today, but then I watched your stream and now I did. Or another person saying, I listen to you at nighttime because it keeps the other voices out of my head. It keeps the, the stuff out of my head that's negative out. And I can just listen to you and go to sleep. And those kind of moments there, those reactions, those stories, they they liberate that side of me because, you know, it means we're helping. Because yeah. at the end of the day, wrestling is about entertainment, but it's also about escapism. It's providing people a moment out of their nine to five just to sit there and enjoy something that's so stupid. It's a clown show. And, and, and they don't have to worry about the bills they have to pay. They don't have to worry about the debt they've got. All they have to do is watch the dumb guy do the suplex, and that's it. Um, and I guess that's sort of what's similar with streaming is just that for three to four hours, five hours a day, whatever it is, five days a week, you can come into the stream and just chill. We'll put some lo-fi on. We'll talk about your day if you want to. You don't have to. Um, but it's just this moment where 
for a while, the rest of the garbage that you might be dealing with is gone. And it's just us just talking, you know, and you're safe and you've got people around you that no one's there to judge you. I don't have trolls in the chat. You know, everyone is just there to get around each other. And I think that's, that's, that's how I replace it. I think. Um, you said, you know, super sad, depressed. That's, that's, you're looking back in your early streams and that's what it was. You know, I look at a, a bloke right now sitting across from me and think to myself, wow, like the guy's charging. He's got he's got mm. every bit of energy. I can see the wrestler in him. I can see the showman in him, the performer in yeah. him. And it, it must it must uh, give you an understanding, having looked back on that stuff, that you you took a step in the right direction in terms of your own recovery. And this this appears to be a a self motivated recovery. Like you got yourself mm. here via this medium. Yes, yeah, it, it was as much as it was as much about healing myself mentally as it was about me sitting there and trying to deal with my body taking its time to heal physically. Um, because like like I said, over the course of that from April 2019 until July 2020, I did nothing. Mm. Like nothing at all. I, I I would barely get out of bed to drive to schools or to get food or whatever it was. And the rest of the time I was just on the couch. I, I had only just entered in a relationship with my partner at the time. Thank God that she stuck around. But I, I, I went from being this like really, really energetic, really fit, really like let's go do stuff kind of partner when we first got together to like, hey, I can't move my legs proper anymore. Um, and and like, I'm okay now. Like I can, I can get around and I can do stuff. But like I said, there's, there's like a time limit now um, before I need to take a break. But um, yeah, does I that, completely changed. Does that time limit exist with your streams as well? Or you, you find you, you know, because like a lot of people say, like stream, streaming's not easy like to you know as much as the the mainstream or the people who don't quite understand the space or haven't done it believe it's just sitting in front of a computer talking yeah. and playing video games oh, what's so hard about that it's not yeah. like it, it's it yeah. it saps your energy to be on to be performing all that sort of stuff do you find you you know you, you're stuffed by the end of a session i find that by the end of the session when we kind of hit like five hours, five hours at the moment is my sort of my maximum. Um, I feel like I can, I actually get pretty energized by the stream up until maybe like three and a half, four hours because we constantly have new people coming in. I have this stupid thing where every time we get a raid, I put another hat on my head and we have this stupid thing where like <laughs> I end a day with like hats everywhere. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So I end up the stream and I'm wearing a thing that's like 18 hats is the highest I've ever had um, because people found out about it and they would send their raids in. Um, but typically speaking, the, the show kind of builds up over time and we get more and more people in there. And every time we get a new person in there, I'm like getting ready, getting ready to, okay, let's do the thing. Welcome in. You know, like, you know, like there's a constant kind of like build up to energy. We've got this stupid intro thing where I roll a bunch of different television show intros over and over again. Um, I'm like, no, that's the wrong one. Play the right intro, please, intern Michael. Um, and we do like this back and forth where I don't talk to anyone, but it's just me. Um, and we push a button and then, you know, like PewDiePie's um, intro for Lawai will play or like the Scrubs theme will play or or Captain Planet will play. There'll be like something that'll go. And I'm like, no, that's wrong, that's wrong. And then eventually when I give up, I push a button and I walk off. And I'm like, this is it, I'm done. And then my actual intro plays. And by the time it plays out, I come back and I'm like, thank you guys. Um, but it's, it's like a bit that people expect now. So 
every time I get like a new new like raid in or more people in there, we kind of build up. So it doesn't really. I guess I don't really get like don't lose energy until I stop. When I stop though, it's like being sh- like shot into a wall, like straight into a wall. You know, like, like when I stop, I'm like. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, it, it almost is the second I push that raid now button um, or that stop streaming button. Like, you know, I've got that big smile on my head. I've just said this cheesy catchphrase that we have when we leave streams. Um, and then it's like almost a second after I push it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> do, um, um, do any of your, your old sort of wrestling mates and stuff pop into your streams? Do they know what you're up to these days? I mean, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling commentator, Mr. Juicy, Gino Gambino, he has never missed a single stream. Um, He'll be there every single day from start to finish. Even if he's asleep, he'll he'll be there. Um, He leaves the phone on so that he can lurk, um, but he'll be talking at the start of it. I would say less than 50 people from wrestling um, transitioned over to Twitch, yeah. mostly because wrestlers are fairly stupid, um, and we don't really understand technology. And and um, when it comes to things like Twitch, I never even watched Twitch before I started streaming on Twitch. I'd watched maybe less than five hours of the of the of it entirely. Um, I didn't understand it. I'm like, why would I watch Twitch when YouTube allows me to watch what I want when I want instead mm. of having to be here at this time to watch this person? That's yeah. my schedule. I'll watch it when I want to, not when you want me to watch it. But then it's not about that. What it's about is the interaction. You know, It's about the talking with the person and, and back and forth, and that's what I didn't understand. And I think wrestlers just don't get that. And they're like, what are you doing playing Minecraft? I don't want to watch that. Um, or whatever it may be we do. They just don't get it. So... Yeah, it's not it, the world's the world should mesh a lot more than they do, but I think unless you're doing it as the wrestler, it probably doesn't feel the same as it would to somebody who's not a wrestler. Yeah. I think there's a difference there. So. Well, I think by the sounds of things, where the world's mesh is bringing those performance skills across to your stream and being yeah. engaging. I mean, if you're the sort of person who can actually stand in front of a crowd and engage the crowd and do things and they'll respond and you can respond to them. You can feel the waves and ride those waves and stuff. Then yeah. absolutely. Those are the, the skills that you can transfer across to, to being a showman when it comes to your stream and actually um, maintaining that engagement with your audience as well. I, I think it's wonderful, mate. I really do. Um, what do you, what do you want to get out of this? What do you, you know, how, how long are you going to do this for? What are you, what are you getting out of it by when, when all said and done? Okay, so essentially for me, um, because like, it fills the entertainment void, like it does, it's the theatrics. Um, I, I can have pyro without pyro. You know, I just push a button and all of a sudden I'm the undertaker. Like, you know, there's no real need to worry about, um, like, you know, the theatrical side because I've got it here. Um, so as far as that side of my, my, my brain, we're good. You know, like I, I'm achieving what I want that... I couldn't do any more with wrestling. Mm. But as far as like goals for the future go, I think that um, I am very goal orientated. I'm very much, this is the next thing. This is the next thing. This is the next thing. And I focus on them one at a time. Um, I would like to make this sustainable. I would like to make this sustainable for me. Um, we're about to have a baby. So I'd like to make it sustainable. Oh, for my Congrats. Uh, uh, actually. Uh, um, yes. You, you mentioned this in our DMS. Uh, how yeah, far, how far yeah. along? Uh, she's just hit 27 weeks. Oh, so. wow. My, yeah, my wife's yeah. at 37 weeks. Oh, um, wow. You're yeah, mate. Yeah. So, and this will be number three uh, for yeah. us, mate. Is this number one for you? 
Number one for this relationship, I do have two girls um, from a former relationship. We get them uh, once a week for the week. Oh, so, yeah, one week on, one week on. Yeah, yeah. How, um, how old are the two girls, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so they're at primary school level. So yep. you know, they're still like sort of like, you know, the 10 and 6 kind of like, like that kind of era, area yep. of age. Um, but the, 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 and they're really excited. They love this. They, they can't be near it. I refuse to let them on and mm. around it. Yeah. Because they're not the right age to be doing that. Um, but at the same time, I think it's um, it's important they know what I do. But I want to be able to create a, a, a environment where my family doesn't struggle. Because I struggled for a very long time in 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 our former life. You know, like we, I went from having a really good job to not being able to work for for other reasons, and um, it, it 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 sucked. And I don't want this new child to grow up in a bad position. You know mm. what I mean? And. Yeah. I, my partner works and she has a very good job and she's working all the way through here. And if I wasn't doing this, I would feel like a bum, you know, sitting at home and not being able to do that stuff. But I am recovering and I have to remember that too. But I really want to make this work. I really, really do want to make this work. So my goals are pretty simple. For now, the next thing on the list is the the, the, the purple tick. We're pretty close to that now. Um, and then once we get that, it'll allow us to open up the gates for things like other media, um, like YouTube is a big one we're working on. We're trying to get a podcast off the ground because I watched a thing a little while ago. I think it was actually Hot Ones. And um, the guy they had on there, he was like, when it comes to this, what we do here, you need to have your hands in everything. You need mm. to be you need to be in a podcast. You need to have a blog. You need to have YouTube. You need to have Twitch. You need to have Twitter. Like... You need to have your hands in every form of, of, of media, the way that we're doing it, even TikTok, all that kind of stuff. If you want to do this, you need to have it everywhere. Um, so we're trying to do that as well. And essentially, I just want to—I don't want—I don't want to struggle anymore. You know what I mean? Like end goal, I want to be able to provide a situation where I can do this and my and and, and I can help a lot of people because that's a big thing we do. We've got a lot of stuff that like, we've already done one charity thing. Um, but I want to make it a safe place for people to come in, no matter how many people are in the chat, uh, and be able to talk. We've got a huge Discord as well. Um, I just want to be able to provide a place that I can entertain, my family doesn't struggle, and everybody kind of gets the help they need. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's the truth, is, is that um, I'm not here for money, I'm not here for, for clout, I just want to succeed at this. And I feel like for the first time in a long time, I can... This is something that I can succeed at. You know, yeah. I think I, I have the platform to help a lot of people. And the more, the more that we move along this this little path, and the, and the more like um, energy I get around me, the more people that come in, the more I can help other people. You know, like we get times now in the stream where we get someone who comes in, they're like, "Hey, I'm brand new, and I'm really trying to make it to Twitch affiliate." And I'm like, "Okay, guys, let's go, go, let's do it. Everybody, go like this person now." And it'll take them from like three followers to like sixty, and they'll be like, "Oh, they're so happy!" And that moment that they that they realize they've got there, like that's awesome. I'd love to be able to replicate that um, on a grander scale. You know, I'd love to be able to provide stuff to people that I can't do now on a grander scale. You know, I'd love to be able to say, "Okay, so." For this month, all of the all of the subs will go towards this charity or this person or or this thing. You know, like I'd love to be able to do that. So, yeah, well, I guess that's sort of like the goal, mate. You're on your way, that's for sure. 
um, considering how, you, how far you've come in, what, 18 months or so. Uh, it's no, 10 months. Yeah, 10 yeah, months. Yeah. Real 10 real. months. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's a credit to you. Um, and you're certainly somebody who's so engaging to watch and a lot of a lot to enjoy there. So, um, yeah, mate, I, I have no doubt that you're, uh, you're not too far off that sort of stuff, certainly. Um, if people want to get around you, uh, is it just the warship anywhere? Almost. It's the warship everywhere except for Twitter where it is underscore warship, unfortunately. Right. The only place I couldn't get it. Um, but, yeah, it, it is the warship on Instagram, on, on, on Facebook, on everywhere. Um, uh, Twitch, YouTube, even TikTok is the warship as well. So, yeah, pretty much branding across the board. Um, obviously, always except for one place. I know you had the same issue in the conversation yesterday as well. Oh, it's yeah. always one place that you don't have it in. But um, Yeah, or well, Haughty yeah. Chicken, yeah. Or on, on Instagram's Haughty Chicken Gaming. And it's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is what it is, mate. That's that's exactly, yeah. that's the reality of it. But look, this has been great. Um, so enjoyable talking to you, mate. And I really appreciate your time. Good on you. No, thank you very much. I really appreciate it too. It's been wonderful. So they're really, really good.